Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Circle K is America's thirst stop. And yours. Especially when the weather gets... And you need to stay... Stay refreshed on the go with ice-cold Circle K favorites like freshly ground iced coffee, Froster, Polar Pop Cup, and more. And right now at Circle K, save on all 20-ounce Coke products. Three for just $4.25. When life's go, 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 make us your first stop. Because Circle K is America's thirst stop. From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio around. Online with Bill Alexander. Hi everyone, yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill and you're online with Bill Alexander here at WMCK.FM and also at italknet.com. Com. Hope everything's kind, Coria, today, and uh, we are on the program again. The last week, we talked to an individual who is uh, working in New York City, to, uh, dealing with the coronavirus there. We spoke with a journalist on Wednesday night on how the government is covering the uh, coronavirus, and tonight, we're talking to a therapist, a family therapist, who is dealing with this in uh, the state of Washington. And on the phone line right now, we have uh, Dr. David Simonson, who is uh, joining us this evening. Uh, Doctor, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. I'm uh, so glad you can join us. Now, as I talked to you before we started the show tonight, one thing I did not think about was I didn't think about how this was affecting people mentally. I, w- I know physically and everything that we're dealing with, but I didn't realize how it was going to affect relationships. And that's one thing you wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's nothing like this has ever happened um, in any of our lifetimes. And so I, I think a lot of people are kind of going into it blindly, honestly, on what to expect and what to do. And so it's, I think it's pretty easy to like say, okay, you know, wash your hands, wear masks, don't go out, social distance, but then not really knowing what to do when you're stuck with your loved ones for two weeks right? and you can't go out is the challenge. <laughs> which, which it is going to be difficult because a lot of the states, especially the one I'm in right now in Pennsylvania, we are quarantined for at least the next three weeks. And we are told we're not allowed to go out 
to do anything other than anything that may be um, life-sustaining, grocery shopping, pharmacies, stuff like that. And we're in, in situations where we're with family that we're not used to being with 24-7. Right. So Washington, Simon, Washington State, and so the governor today just did a basically like shelter in place and um, shut down, is saying all the non-essential places need to be shut down uh, by tomorrow, um, which again, I mean, that's just unheard of in our lifetime. It's, it's definitely creating some anxiety in people. I mean, it creates a little anxiety in me because it's like, how do you, you got to make money, you got to survive. Right. And so that's, a ch- I mean, that's a scary place for a lot of people. So the one thing I want to know is, is that you're in Washington, you're where this basically started in the United States. And they're just doing shelter in place now. Yeah, <laughs> which yes. which sounds odd no, to me because I'm in Pennsylvania. We have um, 500 and some cases right now, maybe close to 600, and we've been basically doing shelter in place for the last oh, four days. So I think it's interesting that some states are handling this um, differently than others. Yeah, I think what happened here was there were several cities that were doing lockdowns and okay. you know, there's cities, so you can't really, you, you, there's no really borders of cities that you can keep people out of. Right. So the governor, I think just went along with, I, the way I'm viewing it, it's like the Oregon governor and the Washington governor are in competition. Like who can, who can make life the worst? Yeah, I, I can understand why that uh, is possible because we're seeing the same thing in Pennsylvania with Ohio, West Virginia, Maryland, and New York. Who can make it more difficult? So um, so some of the people that you're dealing with right now, have they been clients that you've had for a period of time or are they new? Um, so they, most of them are clients that I've had for a period of time. I actually, last week I had a first and tonight I had a second where I met with people that I've never met in person. Okay. Um, which is which is kind of odd, but most of my clients are long-term clients. And so, what are some of the things they're dealing with? Um, I mean, a lot of them have fear over, a lot of them already had fear or anxiety about health-related issues. Okay. And so, this you know, makes it way worse. Like in my own family, I have a nine-year-old with lung disease who has been on a ventilator before. And so I don't want her to be on a ventilator again. Right. And so we're all, that's why we're, you know, self-quarantine, lower the curve, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But I do have a lot of clients that are, you know, doing the self-quarantine before the shelter in place happened just because they have kids or they have elderly parents that are at risk and they themselves wouldn't necessarily, they get the flu and get over it, but it's the elderly in-laws, it's the kids that have asthma um, or are otherwise immune compromised. So there's like, I mean, there's a legitimate fear out there. So have you noticed, um, as you said, some of the people are dealing with health issues right now, but um, are the fears that they have, are they, being um, exaggerated by the media, or is it stuff that they're hearing hearing locally from people that they may know already? 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I, I have a client who has OCD and they are just, they get really fixated on the news and then that creates this whole, a whole other issue of fearfulness. And, and I, so I do think uh, the news has led to some um, misinformation. I have, I have some friends and they say, you know, be concerned, but don't be out, don't be hoarding toilet paper, don't right. be hoarding food. Um, but it's like no one's ever experienced this before. And so the news is, you know, Italy's on lockdown, all these people are dying. Well, I, I need to take care of myself and my family. And so that often creates these um, unre- uh, unrealistic fear, unrealistic fearfulness. And come talk to your therapist about it or go hoard food. I, I right. think given those two options, you should talk to your therapist. So with your, with your child, the nine-year-old, how are you explaining this to them? Well, so she, <laughs> funny you ask. So she has Down syndrome. Okay. And so she's, she's just clueless about it. So we haven't explained it. Okay. Her. All she knows is life is just going normal for her. We're just not going out places. Okay. So how would you explain it to a child then that may be able to have an understanding of what's happening around them? Yeah. I mean, I think you need to do it age appropriate, obviously. Um, I think that you just talk about it in a way that doesn't make them be anxious. So, Hey, people are getting sick. We're just trying to take precautions and we're going to stay in for a time. Time. They don't need to know that, you know, the, the governor, issued a shelter at home they wouldn't even understand what that is and it could that could be um trauma producing and so i just think as appropriate age-wise you explain things to them and so okay. a nine-year-old doesn't need to know they, they just need to know that hey we're staying home because we don't want to get sick right which makes a lot of sense because you don't want to make them um more afraid than they they need to be because this is a situation as you've said right. we've never dealt with before now, one thing I've been hearing recently is that um, people are comparing this a lot to what happened on 9-11. Do you see any comparison between the two? Um, you know, honestly, the 9-11 thing, I think it impacted people on the East Coast more than it did people on the West Coast. Okay. Um, because I, I remember it, but I don't think I was affected as dramatically as a person who let's say lived in new york or even in pennsylvania there was one of the planes went down i think yeah in shanksville so i think this is different in the fact that this is impacting directly the whole nation whereas the direct impact of 9-11 was more on new york and some of those eastern uh states okay which which makes some sense I, i don't know i don't think it's a great comparison Like I said, I I heard that earlier today, and I was just kind of curious because I didn't know if anybody was bringing it up in your sessions. I think I lost you. Are you there? I'm here still. I don't hear you, though. Do do you hear me, Dave? I think (laughs) I hear you, Dave. Um, Do you hear me now, Dave? I do hear you now. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, 
So I think I think uh, what they were trying to say is just some of those feelings that it was recreating. But if you said that the people on the West Coast were dealing with this differently than we were, then that would make some sense. Now, the other thing is, is that for a lot of us that are that are um, that are staying in place, that are doing the self quarantine and all this. For a lot of us, our lives seem pretty much the same. All we can do is not go to work or be on an extended staycation or something like that. And I'm just wondering how it's going to be when we actually get back into the the swing of things, if we're going to be a little bit apprehensive of who we talk to, who we interact with, and how we deal with things here on out in the future. Yeah, I mean, honestly, last week, it was kind of surreal because I'm used to these uh, zombie movies, right? Yes. Where there's this thing that takes over and then you go outside and zombies are walking around or every place is deserted. And so I go out last week thinking, oh, it feels kind of normal, even though I'm being told there's this horrific pandemic. Yes. Um, I, I, it, what it led me to believe, to think is that for people that are feeling like really anxious about this, I think it encourages just being mindful about, okay, what, what is the reality of things? And the reality of things is life is still going on around us, right? Okay. People are going to the store still. People are, um, going online still. People are watching Netflix. Still. Like life is still going on. And I think the more you can have life go on while you're sheltered in place, the, the easier it's going to be when we're all able to go out. I think, Ultimately, I think what's going to happen is like people are going to recognize the importance of hand washing more now. Yes. Um, and not just touching random things without making sure it's sanitized first. Do you see in some way this may uh, strengthen the uh, family union unit? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if if you're not taking advantage of this forced family time you're you're missing out because i think prior to this people were kind of stuck in a routine if you will right like go to work come home uh kids go to school come home go to ballet go to soccer and now that's all radically changed yes and so i I think there was a time in society when that what we're doing now was uh normal and i think um or or typical and so i think there's some goodness to that, that getting back to, if there's a silver lining in this, it's being able to get back to connection with your family, with intimate people in your family. Do you see um, the younger generation, especially the, uh, I guess it's the Z's, who were all in Florida last week, not all of them, but I'm just using an exaggeration, who were on spring break, who did not see this being a threat to them? But everybody else standing back going, wait a minute, you don't understand what you're doing. Maybe not to yourself, but to your loved ones when you get back home. Right. I saw a couple of those videos and I thought, man, if that was my kid, I would be embarrassed. I'd be letting them have it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a selfishness to this. Like uh, the, the theme was, hey, this is ruining my spring break. Right. And it's like really who cares that it's ruining your spring break this is about like our our society the bigger picture of society and i do think there's a selfishness unfortunately that was shown that's 
has something to do with probably how those kids were raised. Um, the other thing is, too, is that we've been noticing on, on Facebook and social media that we have a group of kids, especially high school seniors this year, that are losing their year, at least that the most important part of the year in their minds, which is the second half with graduation, prom, and all these activities. How do you explain right. to a child that this is more important than these two events that are going to be here and gone in 20 years from now you won't remember? Um, you, you can explain all you want, but I mean, kids, teenage. So I, I work mostly with teens. Okay. Um, they, they are an emotional animal. So it does not, generally speaking, it doesn't matter how much you try to explain something to them. Um, their emotions, it's going to be like clenching their fists. This isn't fair. Right. And that's right. why, again, these kids, these kids go down to spring break because, well, I want what I want. And it's not just high schoolers, right? It's college students that have been working for four years to graduate. Yes. And, and, and so, so I think college students kind of have a better understanding, but I think most uh, high schoolers are not going to be easily understanding of this kind of stuff. They're just going to be more annoyed than anything. And honestly, it's like I think most places, if they haven't already, they'll probably host some type of graduation in the summer when this all blows over. Um, if, if, if you're a parent of one of these childs, how do you deal with them? Um, it's funny. Cause I was just talking to some parents tonight about how their kids aren't taking it seriously. Actually, I met with two parents via zoom tonight, um, that they both think they have the one thinks they're getting over the virus. Okay. And one thinks that one thinks that they're in the middle of it. And one of their kids is now quarantined in their room, so they haven't been tested. But but there's a there's a good chance that they have it. I suppose they're coughing and stuff. Uh -huh. um, but but their kids aren't taking it seriously, right? And I think when you are that age, you're invulnerable. Yes. And so this is just this is just a boomer thing, right? O the okay okay boomer. boomer. And so I think. Yeah, again, it's age appropriate. I think you try to explain it and you try to bring in your their grandparents. Say, hey, we're doing this not because you can't kick this, but we're doing this because we don't want your grandparents to get sick and die. Right. And maybe that's gonna maybe that's going to have a bit more of an impact than oh, we just don't want you to get sick because they don't care. That they'll get over it. I have uh, three kids myself. My 19-year-old is a sophomore in college. I have a 15-year-old uh, son who's a sophomore in high school and a 7th grade daughter who's 12. And of the three kids, they've pretty much self-quarantined themselves even before this was a thing because they like wow. their rooms better than being with their mother and dad, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> all right. I'm home all day today, all right. and I'm going... Do I have kids living in my house? Because I didn't see anybody. But I think it's being done differently in different locations because, as you said, I think some people are taking it more seriously than others, especially where you're at, where you have almost 2,000 cases that have um, affected pretty much most of your state, unlike where I'm at, where we only have about 600 cases, but yet it still affected most of the state. So, again, I think it all depends on how um, how the state is being affected by the situation itself. I think it also has to do with how you raise your kids, because I've, I've found two camps. There's one camp that says, 
Um, this is all media hype. Okay. This is the government trying to take control. And then there's the other camps like, hey, we got to flatten the curve because we need to protect our elderly and the immune compromised. And so I, I have a feeling, I mean, I don't have any hard data on this, but I have a feeling the parents that view this as government control, they have the kids that are probably a bit more um, less conservative about what they're doing. Like there's a county uh, an hour away from me that posted a picture of all these kids on this main thoroughfare just congregating and say honk and we'll drink a beer or something yeah. to that effect. And so, and so that, I mean, that, that obviously looks bad because it's like they're, we don't care. We'll be fine. Um, and I'd be curious. I, I have a feeling they have parents that are a little bit less, uh, treating this a little bit less seriously than it should be treated. Yeah. I, I just find it's interesting because, and like you said, those people are not taking it seriously, but we see the, we see what's happening in other parts of the world that it's not just the government making something up because it's happening everywhere, not just here. And I think that's what's interesting right. because they're, the logic is just not there for what they're trying to explain. Right. I mean, I think it's a, a short-sightedness versus a long, the long view of something. Okay. And unfortunately, parents, I mean, parents get to parent how they want, unfortunately, as long as it's legal. Yeah, and <laughs> it's and, true. You know, I, I, I think they can teach all kinds of things to their kids, um, you know, like anti-vaxxers and I don't want to get into that debate. But, right. But, you know, if a vaccine, if a vaccine came for this and you knew it could save your kid that has asthma, but you're against vaccines, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Right. It, and I don't know. I, I just think parents get to parent. Yeah, you're you're right. You're you're exactly right. Um, but I, I just like I said, I just find it interesting. So, have you noticed a lot of tension going on between um, uh, parents in this situation? Because again, like you said, they were on such a routine before where they would get up, go to work, come home, have dinner, watch a little bit of TV, go to bed. But now they're all home. And parenting styles may be different dealing with their kids, maybe not the teenagers, but the younger ones. Have you noticed any tension happening there? So where I've noticed the tension is for parents that already had a pre-existing belief about illness or sickness okay. or, or something like that. And so let's say a mom who was already worried that their kid was going to get sick, um, and a dad who was like, "Oh, kids need to get kids need to eat dirt. That's how they, <laughs> yeah, get, you know, that's how they get a good immune system." And so that in itself is kind of a challenge. But then you bring on this pandemic, that's then going to cause like that has caused big challenges in the parenting relationship that I've seen in a couple uh, cases and couple clients that I have. Oh, but it was something that was already it was something that was already there, um, and this just exacerbated the issue. Um, so, how do you help? How do you help them deal with that? Um, so, one of the things I think is important in something like this, not just not not just specifically with those parents that are struggling with the health related anxiety, but just to base thoughts in factual in facts and reality okay 
Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of times media will write, you know, fifty thousand people may die, mm-hmm. right? That that may is an essential word, or fifty thousand people could be affected. That could is an is an essential word. But I think a lot of times people that are already predisposed to having anxiety, they they overlook the may or the could, and they just see that big number. Right. And then they get up, then they freak out. <clears throat> so I think that it's important for people that already have that pre-existing issue of anxiety to steer clear of social media right now, um, because I don't know about your timeline, but. Every, almost every other post in my timeline has to do with coronavirus, <laughs> and everyone's trying to mine. Everyone's trying to mine for new information yeah. or a new YouTube video or a new news article. And actually, I, it's just kind of tiring to to see. And so, I think the first thing I would tell your your uh, audience is steer clear of social media as much as possible. Um, if you don't follow some lighthearted um, sites on Instagram or on Facebook, I would go immediately and start following those lighthearted sites that post, you know, good videos as opposed to death, death and destruction videos yeah. or death and destruction information. Um, b- because I think that garbage in, garbage out idea, right? If you're taking all this garbage in that's just negative and bad, you're going to reflect that and how you view the surroundings, you know, and how you view everything around you. And so if you take in good things that are going on in the world, because there are good things that are still going on in the world. It's not like, I think people kind of forget that, like, oh, wait, other things are happening in the world than Corona right now. There's still kids being adopted. There's still people helping one another. There's still online churches happening. There's still missionaries overseas helping build homes. So there's still good things going on. I think that um, it's just not you're not seeing it online because everyone's so fixated on the Corona stuff. One thing I've noticed, and I and of course, when you said that about your Facebook feed, I went through mine real quick. And you're right. A lot of it has to deal with it. And a lot of it has to do with um, who has it now, how the government's going to handle it, who's fighting about it, everything else. But the other thing I'm noticing is I'm noticing some type of community support happening where people are working with each other, trying to help their neighbors, the older neighbor, um, the people with um, the effective immune systems or stuff like that, that, that are trying to actually make it better for everyone. Have you noticed that where you're at too? Yeah, occasionally I see those. I think around here there was this idea of letting letting elderly people go shopping between certain hours yes. and everyone else staying away. And I think as a, again, a silver lining to all of this is that perhaps we will start getting back to the old days. And I don't know, I, like I often think of like the 50s when you could just easily talk to your neighbor and you would do for your neighbor rather than just do for yourself only. And I think that what you're seeing now is potentially an opportunity to kind of go back to those that old way of being in the world where we looked out for one another rather than just looking out for our own interests. The other thing I've noticed, too, is that people are appreciating um, individuals more, especially those that work at grocery stores, 
that are work at gas stations, the people that are still working because their jobs are considered um, necessities. And even one thing that's come out of the blue, which I was really surprised to see, all the support for school teachers who are trying to do online education for kids that never had to do something like this before. Right. No, I, I'm not super. So all my kids are homeschooled. Right? Yeah. So I'm not super familiar with, but, but the, the parents, it's interesting because some school districts are doing that, right? Some, some are sending online work yeah. home and others, others have just kind of said, Oh, we're done for the year. We'll figure out a way to make it up. So it's interesting how that's very hit and miss. What, what you what I think is interesting what I like with what you were just saying is the appreciation for these the food supply lines yes right? there there still needs to be the food flowing so there's these the, the laborers who are picking the strawberries or um, the people in the factories that are still making the canned goods that's got to keep going otherwise there's not going to be anything in the stores and so I think I appreciate those people for sure. If they're going to work and still, you know, creating food, farmers, you know, getting corn, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's a great thing as well. And the other thing I think is really interesting is our country finally realized if all the sports stop in this country, the country still goes on. <laughs> yes. Yes which I thought was really interesting whenever they decided they were going to shut down the NBA, the Major major League Baseball, soccer, golf, everything, until there's some type of resolution to this. And unfortunately, we don't know how long that's going to be. Hopefully it's going to be uh, over sooner than later. But one of the things, when you're working with these kids, are you giving them tips on how to deal with this anxiety that they may never had, they may not have had before? Um, so most of the kids, I think the kids that I'm, you know, working with, as I think about it now, they already are struggling with kind of anxiety, anxious thoughts or panic, panicky thoughts or things like that. And so honestly, this just is another thing on their plate. Okay. And so the skills that we already, the thing, the skills we've already been working on, um, now come into even more focus with dealing with facts you know, the facts of things rather than focusing in on the emotions of things. I think a lot of times when people have anxiety, they're, they're worried about something that they have no control over. And this is no different. And so then I encourage people to go to, to what are the facts of the situation? The facts are, you know, you, you may get it. And the facts are, you're probably going to most likely you're going to recover in five to 10 days. Okay. Um, and, and so I, I try to ground, help people get grounded in facts and reality, as a, especially teenagers who are full of emotion, as you know, being a parent of yeah. some. <laughs> um, so do you see, if, depending on how long this goes on, do you think the divorce rates in the United States will go up? Oof. Um, I, you know what, I think, I think there's a possibility for that. I, it's a, a, the important thing is what you said. How long is it going to go on for? Because if this is like a two or three week thing, I think most people can tolerate being around one another for two to three weeks. Okay. It's and plus we have the ability to 
roam outside, right? I think there are stories coming out of China where once the quarantine was lifted, couples went and immediately got divorced. And I, we live in such a privileged place, whereas like in Wuhan, China, where this supposed um, was supposed to have originated from, they were hardcore on their lockdowns over there. Like they were, I saw videos of, and I don't know if this is actually what happened, but I saw a video of a building being uh, welded shut of an, um, an apartment building and then food being delivered to the people inside this building. Wow. Now they can do that in a communist country. Yes. <clears throat> that, that couldn't happen here. Like there's too many guns. People have too many guns and Americans are used to their freedoms. Right. And so I think, I think that in those situations, you were you were on a lockdown for four weeks, perhaps five weeks, and you were forced to interact with this person. And I, you know, if you were forced to do that here, yes, I think you'd see a rise in divorce. It's why I've been encouraging. I, I uh, wrote a, uh, or, or I actually did a YouTube video and talked about. If you're at home with people, I think it's good to have a schedule to provide yourself space. Okay. Now, if you have teens like we do, teens want to go get their own space, and so you don't have to, like, provide for that. But I think if you're in a small space with and people are just, like, wanting to talk to you all the time, you need to have a conversation about creating some space between you. Like, hey, how about from 2 to 4? We're just off doing our own things, and we can be in the same room, but let's just be doing our own things and not right. interacting. Right. I think I think communicating about that is important. Yeah. Lucky for me, like I said, my kids have gone into their own rooms, but my life, my wife has a uh, one of the uh, life essential jobs, so she's still going to work. So I, she's home more, but she's still there part of the day. So I, it, I, I have my separation there. So it's worked out really well for us. And. Um, oh yeah. It's it's made it different because we're we're more aware of what's going on around us, and again, it's just one of those situations where I never thought I would see something like this happen, and um, I'm hoping some of the positive things that I have seen happen in my household, I hope they continue on, but um, I don't want the virus itself to still be here. So that's one of the things that um, that that I'm trying to deal with on how do we extend what we're working on and how we're making it work? How do we keep it going once this situation's over? Yeah, I think currently for like to, to make things work well, it's like you have to communicate and have a plan. So my two oldest who were away at college are now back home. And um, my son is quarantined in our motor home for, for the next couple of days. Cause a kid at his call, he went back to get all his stuff Yeah, and a kid tested positive for coronavirus. So we have him quarantined in the motorhome, And so we have that luxury, right? A lot of people don't have that luxury. And so I think that it's super important to have a conversation um, because you're going to potentially have kids back home that you were not going to be having home at all until maybe June. And then they get a summer job and you wouldn't see him that often. And now you're seeing him nonstop and they're 19 and 20, and they think they know what's best for them. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's just best to have a good conversation about expectations 
and um, boundaries around personal space when everyone's home. Like I'm, my big thing was, uh, oh man, all our data is going to get used with Comcast <laughs> that we have because Comcast only gives you, Comcast only gives you a terabyte of data, and when and a big family like I have seven kids right wow so twenty one to eight wow so we're all yeah that's a lot of kids one son out of all that too <laughs> and uh, so so then everyone's going to be on a device so I just had to bite the bullet and increase our limits to unlimited and it's so privileged right it's so like it's so privileged when in other countries they're closing yes. down and people are having to thing out of their balconies um because they're bored yeah yeah i i never thought of that um that we are so privileged that you can pick up the telephone and you can make a phone call and say oh by the way i want to do this it's done instantaneously but like you said in italy they're not getting out they're not able to do anything and they're entertaining themselves by singing in the in public so yeah you're right i never would have thought of it that way one thing also is interesting that is uh, in my line of work is people that have um, sobriety, you know, are trying to maintain their sobriety. Yes. One of the things that people hadn't thought of is like AA groups have to close down. Oh, that's um, true. Because they're not con- they're not considered essential. So if any of your listeners are struggling, you know, struggling with sobriety, there are virtual AA groups that are currently happening. Um, so you can try to maintain your sobriety during this crazy time. I, you know what? I never thought of that. I knew I, I uh, thought about the churches and businesses doing stuff online, but I never thought about AA or Narconon or the groups like that. Yeah. Because one it's, thing they did, I, I think, pen- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, it's just one of those, another one of those things that you think, why would we have to think about that? That's yeah. Just, uh, it's just unthinkable, but like the times are leading us to do that. Well, I know in the state of Pennsylvania that um, the way we buy alcohol in this state is still backwards and antiquated, that we have (laughs) liquor stores which sell hard alcohol. They closed them last week, and that you could go up until Tuesday. At Tuesday at 8 o'clock, they closed them, but the places where you can buy beer and um, other types of alcohol were still open. And one thing I heard today is that no one ever thought about these people that are that do drink on a regular basis. They may not be alcoholics, but if they don't have access to it, that's going to be mood altering in in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know is uh, weed available in Pennsylvania? Uh, like it is legally? medicinal only, and we've been hearing stories where people can't get it because the uh, dispensaries have been closed. Yeah, I don't know if dispensaries are considered essential in Washington State, but it's like, yeah, I, I think the whole that that's a whole other conversation about uh, government control of liquor stores. Yeah, um, it's it's funny because in Washington State, within the last five years, I think it was like you can sell them in Safeways, right? You can yes. buy hard alcohol in Safeways now. But I just think it has to do with government control. So, but they're but they're keep but they're keeping beer distributors open, which makes no sense to us whatsoever. I, but well, it's like follow the money. Right? Yeah, well, follow, that's true. That's very follow, true. Follow the money. Um, yeah. 
I made a joke to my wife before this got serious. And I said, we need to go and get whatever we need. She goes, no, I'll be open. I said, trust me. Went in, bought what I needed. <laughs> and thank goodness I did. Because um, you're not uh, going to be able to get it for a while. Because like it's non-essential. And right. I again, what makes something non-essential? Um, I don't know. It's just, just one of those things. It's a definition. It, and I think you're right. Follow the money. And that's probably the best way to look. It's whoever has the best lobbyist. That's what makes it. <laughs> That's probably true too. So um, you're pretty much doing all your therapy on online, correct? No face to face. Right. So for me, it, 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 there was a three day period. So I sent out one email that said I'm still going to see people face to face. My wife is like, eh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I sent out a second email that said I'll do face to face and Zoom, and then after a heated conversation with my wife. <laughs> the third email went out and said, I'm only going to do Zoom okay. videos. Now, the, so, and, and that was a matter of three days. <laughs> now, the question I have for you, because I know in the state of Pennsylvania they made some changes. Are you able to do that in Washington and still be able to bill for it because you're not actually sitting in the room with the people? Yes, they, they've, they had to do changes. And... Again, that's to me that's silly because there's the only difference is you're talking about all the same issues. It's just on a camera, right? And so I, it it leads me to again to believe okay, there's some lobbyist somewhere that said no, we can't do this because it's just it's much more convenient to be able to do it from your home. Um, and some I, I don't like it that much, but. I can see the usefulness of it. So I don't know why. I don't know all the, the history of why it's something that can't easily be done. But all the, like, the governor has changed stuff. The president has changed stuff so that it's much more easier to do now without jumping through a bunch of hoops. Because I never understood that with medical doctors that were dealing with um, uh, physical issues, they could do telemedicine. But therapists yeah. couldn't do it, and that never made any sense to me whatsoever. It's it, again. It's the thing of again. You, we'll create a whole other conversation. It's it's about what uh, the government wants to be in control of. Like, okay. So I'm licensed. I'm licensed in the state of Washington, which means that I had to go through a bunch of like thousands of hours of supervision with clients, um, be, be doing work for two years. But yet if I move across the border 20 miles into Oregon, I, I can't use my license in Washington for anything in Oregon. I have to go through their hoops. And if I went to Pennsylvania right now, I'd have to go through Pennsylvania's hoops. And so I think this reciprocity yes. is something that, um, that lobbyists have told senators, oh, we got to have our own set of rules, when in reality, it would be better for everyone if there was reciprocity in regards to licensing. It's the same with gun laws. Gun laws are the, are the same, right? And so, I don't know, I, I, I'm more libertarian in my views about things like this, because I think I want people to get helped. And so if, if someone from Pennsylvania thought I could help them and their families... 
they should be able to access my services in Washington State as long as I'm licensed. And see, I, I'm wondering, don't. with what you just said there, that just rang a bell for me, that they're worried about people going out of state to get services. Yeah. That's probably more of it than anything else. That's I, I agree with you. That's what I think is, is more. So, like, the the licensing bureau in Pennsylvania or Washington says, well, we got to make sure that the money stays here. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to we're not going to let people from out of state come in here. And even though they're licensed, even though they've gone through similar hoops. Right. So that's where I think government is not great. But again, I tend to be more libertarian about those kinds of things. That that's that's really interesting because I don't think I would have ever thought of that because I have um, I have a family member who's also a th- who's a, a therapist and she said that she just started um, to be able to do it through Zoom and I forget what other service she's doing it at but she said that the hoops she had to go through just to be able to get the authorization to do it I shouldn't say her but her place of business. It was ridiculous because, like you'd think, you should be able yeah. to do this in ten minutes, not three days. Right, right, I, I, right. And so, I think there's with this current crisis, they've waived a bunch of the requirements. Yep. Um, and, and so you're able to do it more easily than you could have done it like three weeks ago. I'm wondering if they they will realize that some of the rules they had were so antiquated. That because of the change that have been made the past few, the past week or seven days, um, if they will actually stick or they will modify them to bring them up into the 21st century. Well, um, you're dealing with insurance for-profit insurance companies. Yes, and and usually they don't want to change things that could maybe lose them money. That's true, and so. Maybe they view like uh, tele. So if doctors do telehealth, they get paid at a lower rate than if a person goes in in uh, in the building. And and so why would you ever want to do telehealth then? Yeah. Um, because because you're getting paid. And so I don't know. I mean, there it would be nice to see some kind of positive change from this. Well, I I can I can actually see it for therapy because probably for that first step going into someone's office, that anxiety is just just very high because you don't know what you're in for. Yeah, and, I mean I've I've had so in the last two weeks I had two new clients that I never met, like I said earlier. Yeah, but I've also had a new a new client that said, "Oh, I don't feel comfortable um, doing this for the first time without having met you." So. So it goes either way, I think. Do you have any clients that have said, hey, I'm not coming in because, uh, or I'm not going to talk to you because I think I can handle this um, by myself right now because I'm not dealing with everyday stressors? Um, you know, I haven't had anyone say that specifically. I've had I've had many people say, uh, I think I'm going to hold off until the virus thing is over with. Okay. Which, which causes me to think, well, Maybe they don't need therapy in the first place. Then maybe they're doing well enough that they don't need to see me. Because this would it would seem like this is the time that you'd be wanting to deal with issues. But like one family, one couple that I was going to see, they didn't want to do um, telehealth because they're they have teenagers and teenagers can hear everything they talk about. 
And so they would rather be in my office Very with true. no listening ears. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is understandable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Dr. Dave, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking time uh, to talk to us. And um, I think there's a lot of issues that you touched on tonight that I may have to bring you back on in the future to talk about again. Yeah, feel free. This is great. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Dave uh, Simonson, and thank you very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you. Hopefully this whole thing goes away quickly and uh, we can get back to normal in some way or fashion. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dr. David Simonson here online with Bill Alexander here at WMCK.FM and also at italknet.com. We're going to step away for a brief message and then come back to wrap up today's program here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Hey, what's up? Thinking about you. XOXOXO. Want to snuggle, dot, 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 JK. Hit me back. You getting these texts, question mark. We should hang later. I miss you. Holla at ya, boy. Holla back. Holla back. Holla back. Are you at home? Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. Are you with your ex? You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at thatsnotcool.com. That's not cool. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org/pa. A public service announcement from the US Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council. And we're back here online with yours truly Bill Alexander as we get ready to wrap up a program. Hey, uh coming up this Thursday night at 10 o'clock, we're going to be talking with um 
entertainer Tony Pace. Uh, Tony was on the program a while ago. We talked about his his performing on nightclubs, cruise ships, and stuff like that. And I thought I'd bring him back again uh, for him to talk to me about how he feels this is going to affect... um, how this is going to affect the entertainment industry. So we're going to have him on Thursday night. We're also making arrangements for other guests in the next few weeks, um, dealing with this and also dealing with other happy issues <laughs> that are uh, not focused on the uh, virus and the pandemic. But anyhow, we're going to wrap up tonight's program. Thank you very much for joining us. Also, thank you for Dr. David Simonson, PhD, a therapist out of uh, Washington, the state of Washington. Really appreciate that he was able to join us this evening and talk to us here online with yours truly bill alexander guys i am out of here you have a great night and we'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly bill alexander to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.